Welcome back to Cubby Lit. Cubby Shit. For all the returning listeners, I really hope you appreciate our hometown feel, um, which is accomplished by releasing episodes just weeks apart with no real schedule. Um, that's how you know that you were fans from day one. So we really thank you for staying locked and loaded. True. Thank you. Also, sorry. We'll be better. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right. We'll be more professional, but like we're, we're producing art right now. Yeah. Uh, so blue apron, take note, uh, good things to come. Knock on wood, like a regular upload schedule. Just send me a few hundred. I'll do the ad right now. I know all your recipes. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) today's episode is going to be a true cubby lit cubby shit feature. We're going to talk about self care cubby lit and burnout cubby shit see how we did that there um and i think it's gonna get as all our episodes do a little convoluted but um obviously these are issues that everyone deals with and no less no more than us two brown girls yep burnout what does it look like for you bumby i'm actually really bad at recognizing my own burnout because it's just one of those things that you never know until you're in it and you're like damn why can't i get up and then you're like oh got it got it got it got it got it honestly i think my senior year i just kind of avoided burnout because i was pretty balanced in the way i live my life but i don't think that's really realistic for everyone so my second and third year like i was just constantly burned out and not doing well and sad and just like it was all bad so i don't really have like a there's no good end side to this story but it's like if that's what you came here for uh no yeah there's no light i'm still in the tunnel yeah we need emotional life alert help i've fallen (laughs) and i can't get up uh but yeah same for me i feel like it's like it's i struggle with it like pretty hard too this past quarter for me especially is like my most recent example of it it's very tough i had four very like intense classes two jobs and like other commitments on the weekend for like family and just like dance and like all this stuff and I mean like I didn't realize that something like burnout was something that I could also experience because I feel like from a very young age like I always saw my parents working so hard that I thought you could just like keep going and you would be fine it's just not something that like I would ever experience because I don't I didn't see my parents experiencing it, and I'm sure that's not the truth because we always see our parents as larger than life. So I just thought like, oh, I never experienced it, so I never had like a name to put towards this feeling, you know? For me, burnout was definitely a reality way more in high school, and um, honestly, my burnout is very uh, self-inflicted because I really think that, I don't think this is true for everyone, but I think in my case, I have a lot of signs like before I become burnt out, like, okay, I need to be taking better care of myself. I need to be managing my time better. I need to um, be focusing on my work so that later I'm not like dealing, trying to climb a mountain of work kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of high school was just kind of ignoring that. And then obviously when I did have to do all the work that I hadn't done or whatever, it would be... I would like end up being burnt out and then the burnout effects would last way longer than whatever that period of work was. So yeah, for me, burnout manifests itself very much as like a deserved consequence of something that I should have taken care of earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
yeah, I think I do. I'm definitely someone who needs a lot of help figuring out what to do when you are burnt out, like how to mm-hmm. ride that wave the most productively. Yeah, I agree too. And it's it's also like a spiraling abyss cycle for me. So like if you can imagine like like falling into a black hole and then just like black hole like turns into a circle, like a loop, and then it just like keeps getting worse. Uh, I, for me, it starts like I start to neglect like my physical self and I don't feel good like inside or out and then I feel like I'm not doing well and then I think about the future because I'm like oh let's add more toppings to this pizza of sadness and then I just keep going it's like very like paralyzing sometimes and then I'll just be like okay let me just like disconnect from how I'm feeling because when I was really young I heard someone say like pain is just something like in your brain and I like took that to heart and I took it like very deep and I was like well then if I just like you know, like mitigate the signals in my brain, like I'll be okay, which is not good at all. And then I just disconnect and keep going and it sucks like all around. It's just not fun. No, I totally agree. That's interesting what you say about the physical thing because now that I'm thinking about it, I think my burnout is actually the opposite because I remember this very distinct period during my third year where I was totally burned out I was taking like three operative bio classes without Mm. the work ethic to deal with three operative bio classes so then I became burnt out and I remember I would spend like 20 minutes every day getting ready for class which is not something that I ever do like I usually it's just eyeliner and I'm out the door and I would always like do my hair um put on lipstick and it was this whole phase where I was just using like getting ready as a time to avoid like focusing on how much shit I had to do or how shitty I was feeling or whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah that's really interesting because I don't I think if I'm neglecting like I'm very conscious of my body so Mm -hmm. I think when things go bad I tend to over focus on it rather than under focus which I know is pretty common I mean I think both things are common but I know a lot of people talk about how they just like you said you know you neglect your physical self Mm -hmm. I just I don't know I feel like I'm always neglecting my physical self so if shit's bad I like pay too much attention to it (laughs) so you like overcompensate in a way maybe you could say yeah yeah yeah, that's probably it and I feel the same like for me burnout is like almost a uniform on my body it looks the same every time and I don't recognize it and I like didn't recognize it till my second year now I'm in my third year but it's always the same it's like the same sweatshirt like whatever I've picked where I'm like, oh, I just acquired this new sweatshirt, so like maybe this makes it okay. It's not, it's never okay. Same pair of leggings, like sneakers, just like all the time, just like this is what it is. And then I'm like, well, bitch, it's time to put on a face mask, get a wax, take a selfie. But I like just don't do the things, the simple things that make me happy. You know this, like even just like day to day, I'll put off like watching Hassan Minaj's like homecoming king because I'm like, I don't know, like putting off the good things in my life that'll make me feel better. I don't know why I do this. It's the stupidest thing. Not listening to Pen Masala's new album because I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever. It's just like stuff like putting off the simplest things that will make me happy. I just don't do and I don't know why. It's the weirdest thing. Like I've never had a word for this. Like you said, like I was never able to identify this until I heard like Cranes in the Sky by Solange. Like that song, that song messes me up so bad. Every time I listen to it, it just like takes me back to this time. And 
This is my interpretation of it, so sorry at Solange if this is wrong, but like, I was just like, this is so real. Like you do all these other things because you think that it's gonna help you mitigate what the actual problem is, but never does, never does. It's all visceral. No, totally. And definitely you can only put it off to a certain point, you know, until the act of putting it off is just like adding to how bad it becomes. Yeah. And I've also like read an article on Man Repel. They talked about burnout. And I think what the founder of Man Repel was saying was that she read someone else's article and that the source of it might be that you aren't sure of what you're working towards. Like, what do you think about that? Because I have a complex relationship with that, but... I want to hear what you think. I mean, what's your complex relationship with that? <laughs> uh, for me, it's that, well, the times that at this point in my life that I've faced burnout towards, it's because, like, I know what I'm working towards. Like, I want good grades or I want, like, a successful internship or, like, I want, you know, like, to have a job in the future, whatever. So I feel like I experience burnout when I know what I'm working towards and I'm unable to achieve it, not when... I don't know what I'm working towards like for me I don't know what that looks like okay yeah I get that I think that description is very accurate to burnout in college because I think mm -hmm. especially as a bio student I felt this a lot my second year you know when you're taking these like trash ass classes with these professors whose life goal is just to fail you <laughs> so that they don't have like overcrowding in the major or whatever the fuck and yeah, in those moments when you're pulling all-nighters trying to, like, draw the fucking organic hexagon properly, you don't know what you're working towards. And that feeling of, like, being lost in this sea of bullshit that you know you'll never be really using. It's not like doctors sit there, like, drawing out carbon diagrams when they're diagnosing patients, you know? Like, mm -hmm. that realization is that disconnect between what you're studying or whatever mm -hmm. or working at and your ultimate goals, which is what drives your work ethic mm -hmm. um i think that definitely can cause burnout or exacerbate it but i don't think it's the only reason or you know i don't think you can ever say like yeah this is the only reason burnout happens or this is the one general reason that burnout happens i think it's a very personal thing and honestly going back i do think that for a lot of people it's hard to distinguish from like just general mental health funks i agree sometimes you get this like great cocktail and you're just like ah yes all of it at once yes yes like it's like yeah. an amf and you're just like or like a long island iced tea and you're like well i guess this is it this is what we're dealing with my parents know me on like a different level as well so like i've always felt really lucky because my parents have never been worried about me like and and sometimes when your parents are worried about you they take that out and like creatively awful ways um but they've never been worried about me in that respect and they've always been like you'll be fine like don't sweat it so they aren't my source of stress but they kind of are as well because they've like i said they've worked so hard gave up so much etc etc like that whole immigrant burden but um so i put that pressure on myself because i'm like i'm always like well i totally like don't deserve parents like you who did so much because sometimes like i'll be like lazing off putting off my work and then i'm like i really should be doing something and they're not like the typical indian parent that like a lot of comedians draw caricatures of so it helps but it also like is also worse where you're like you're so nice to me don't be so nice to me yeah that's 
I think this is one of those things that we um, have a lot of differences in, which is great that we get to talk about it because my parents <clears throat> are obviously a part of my support system and mm-hmm. like vital to that naturally, mm-hmm. but they don't know me mm-hmm. on any other level <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're not a very emotionally literate family. So mm-hmm. I still at 22, like don't know how to talk to them about these things. Mm-hmm. And I think I have created a lot of that distance, but also I like don't know how to like, like that gap. walk back on it. Yeah. Um, because you know, things are always just very tense. And now, especially that I've moved back home, like I really can't create any distance if a conversation goes bad. So I just honestly choose not to have them, mm-hmm. um, which is, I'm not saying that's good or that's what people should do. I'm just saying that's what it is. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're definitely, definitely one of the causes of my burnout. But the same thing, as you said, it's not because, I mean, they've never been the kind of people who are like, we want you to do this. It's just that I I want so much to live up to yeah. my ex. I mean, it's not even, they don't even have like, they just like want me to do well in like the most unselfish, loving way possible. Um, and I just want to make them proud. So... Yeah that is honestly if there's one uniting theme behind all my burnouts it would be like that like that desire to just make sure that i don't fuck anything up Mm -hmm. because you know hashtag first child mental health hashtag first child in immigrant family as brown girl woes um yeah lots of layers to this (laughs) no no it totally is a first child thing because like i have a younger sister and like she's not afraid that her like mistakes will in any way sink this family whereas if i okay for example if i even get like a parking ticket i'm like oh my god the literal earth is gonna fall out of the sky like this is all my fault i I just think that like second children not to generalize but to generalize i don't think they're as afraid of like yeah sinking the family because i'm not saying that that means they're reckless i just think they're allowed a little more like peace of mind yeah. and this like confidence that i'm like like where where did you get that from yeah i feel that i think like it's like you're saying it's not that they're reckless they just know how to manage all this a little bit better whether that's through ignorance yeah. or just and they being... don't take every l as some sort of like deeply personal like Sign. family dynasty failing as i do yeah same like i couldn't find a subletter and i was like this is it like i've made the greatest mistake in my life like my world is over and i spent literally got on the plane to come to india and spent like a significant portion of the first ride 14 hours like crying like who does that like crying into the face mask that emirates provided me i was like this is just this is it like i've messed up so badly and my dad's like did you do that like for the whole ride like i texted you that it was fine and then like i thought you would be okay and i was like do you not know me i was about to like knock him out <laughs> yeah definitely gonna be very cognizant of this like if i decide to have kids in the future and like just gonna be very aware of this no i think it's kind of unavoidable I yeah, think because yeah, yeah, okay yeah. so one of my really good friends just had a kid and like I'm not saying that I can see I'm just saying that I get it like there's no way to not be that kind of 
parent at, for your first kid because you're just given all this advice, especially brown parents have all this like fucking unsolicited advice from every random person they know and meet. And you, your first kid is like your 100% everything, you know? Yeah. And I don't think, and then like, I don't think, I think that's such an unavoidable aspect of parenting. Like, I don't see we any world where that other. isn't a thing. I think definitely we could be better about talking about it, like, later. Like, once the damage is done, let's at least be able to chat about it. Like, I can't let's even do that. So. Yeah. And you were talking about being, like, a STEM major and how that's, like, really affected you for, like, the whole burnout thing. And for me, it's also the opposite, like I'm seeing that. I, as a non-STEM major, in a family who is primarily STEM, it's like weird. It's like, what is my career prospect? What is my grad school thing? Like what my trajectory is? We all, at least in most Brown families and mine, a lot of your success is judged by like, you know, money is like a measure of success. So I'm just like, oh, will I make the cash money, like, will I be okay? Or will I be this, like, poli-sci major that no one else is in my family is and just, like, be floundering through life and just have a series of minimally paid internships, like, forever? It's, like, very scary because I don't know where my life is supposed to go. No, I totally feel that. And I honestly, I think burnout also is something what just happens when you get into your own head, which is something that, as compulsive overthinkers, I think it's impossible for us to not do and like not knowing where your life is headed or not knowing if you're gonna like make that four dollar signs on yelp is like a common fear that every person from 18 to 26 has and i think everyone manifests it differently and there's no way to feel like you're not losing in this race but i think that honestly probably philosophically at least the only way to like undo burnout would have to be like to take a step outside of yourself and just be like listen this is something we're all in we're the shitter right now and it will get better and not just because it has to but because i'm capable of making that change and that's it like i don't really know what you have to do to achieve that mindset i just know that that's the mindset where you will not feel like like if you don't push yourself to the brink you're gonna fail and not achieve all the things that you were wanted to or destined to or whatever i completely agree with you just like get out of your own head put things in perspective understand that like everyone around you like those stuck up pre-med kids that kid who treats every undergrad class like it's like harvard 1l law school class where they have to prove themselves like they're going through some shit too and just people are better yeah. at hiding it Last thing. Welcome to self-care, which is theoretically the way to avoid burnout and perhaps the way to escape it. A concept we shall explore. Yeah. So um, I would just like everyone to know that our self-care outline literally starts with this. <laughs> self-care methods. Does drinking count? So. <laughs> Again. Not the right people to ask. One time I had to a sunrise. I'm really, too many to fight I think it's someone. interesting that we did this uh, podcast because I just think it reaffirms that we are in no way giving advice because dead ass we have no advice to give in these areas. Yeah. Um, we're just talking about ourselves and hopefully people can relate. Or hopefully you're like, damn, at least I'm not struggling like those bitches <laughs> and then live your life a little better. I don't know. 
drinking is cool. Like I was saying before, one time I had like a tequila sunrise too many to confront my friend about them hurting my feelings. So, I mean, it was a rough second year sophomore slump was like a real slump in the dump. So yeah, does drinking count? I feel like the answer to that is... I feel like the American Psychiatric Association answer to that is no. I feel like the College Girls Guide to Survival answer to that is yes. 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 If it gets you talking about it, then maybe it's worth it. Not just that. Like, I I don't know. I'm such a... I'm such a white hoe now, but just like a good beer with your friends really alleviates so much pressure. What? Sorry. (laughs) Cracking a cold one open with the boys. No. Don't bring that shit into my self-care topics. Saturdays are for the boys, then, V. You know what they say. Fuck the boys. (laughs) On a serious note, I think it's definitely something that I thought that I didn't need and that was, like, a white person indulgence because I just assumed that, like, being brown, we, like, work harder because we could and that's how you succeed. We talked about this in, like, the burnout section of this because, you know, you see your parents doing one thing, they're... But they're like whole ass people who's like other sides that you don't see so maybe you're dealing with it in a different way But growing up I was just like oh they're working so hard like they're not taking a break like it's just something I don't know that I thought I was like genetically not going to feel and then it was like oh shit I think my sophomore year was honestly my first experience even with the word like the term self-care I was like mm-hmm. what the fuck is that <laughs> yes and, and it wasn't until I was like in the shitter sophomore year crying on my floor constantly because like I didn't know what to do with my life that I was like oh should I have been (laughs) self-caring so um I think it's way like what my issue with housing was is they just told us like make sure to take care of yourself and then just gave us no way or time to do that so um I think throwing it out as like a buzzword on how you're so like mentally astute is not enough Mm -hmm. because you need to know exactly I think it's just a reminder that you need to be tuned into yourself you know and um, know what you need what your body needs what your soul needs whatever and it's never going to be the same for any person it's not even going to be the same for you from time to time yeah that being said like i said like i can't really give advice on this i have like the worst mental health of anybody well that's not true but my mental health is pretty bad and (laughs) i don't even love myself that much so i don't really know and maybe i should start there for self-care so like you said like i didn't know what it was until my sophomore year and even at the beginning i was like it's i just conjured up images of just like those women on those little face mask packets you see at Walmart with like cucumbers over their eyes and I was like oh is that what it is but like you said it's different for every single person and I fully credit like college Twitter and Tumblr for like all my introduction into the self-care realm and I saw that it was like a real thing that people did need and that more than people like that I needed and also my preferred methods i don't know about you are usually like completely shutting down like i don't want to think about anything like the world is honestly not as kind it keeps moving and it just is hard to like balance between like me preferring like everything stopping and the reality that things don't stop so finding that balance is like something that i'm still working on you know so like how do you deal with it 
what do you think? I think I used to think that I also was like okay I just need to like shut down and shut the world out and definitely spending time with yourself is a big part of self-care I think but I think for me if I'm at the point where I'm shutting down I'm already burnt out like it is no it's like time for crisis control more than mm-hmm. it is time for like self-care I view that much more as like a step one or step two before you mm-hmm. kind of like fall into that abyss mm-hmm. so for me um reading sadly i have to say working out really helps it, it is such a such a physical like release that i think your body's just forced to let go of whatever you're like boiling inside of you and but the biggest thing i need to do before i am capable of using my self-care methods is just stop like sabotaging my ability to use them if that makes sense mm-hmm. so not falling into that hole of being like fuck i should be working right now or i should be studying right now or i should be whatever just be like okay this is some time that i need to do for myself and i am doing the right thing so Don't once i climb that everest yeah. i'm sure i can get to actually taking care of myself yeah like you said not feeling guilty about it is such a huge thing and i think what in a society where we romanticize the notion of being busy all the time and being able to like work ourselves down to the nub i think that's the hardest part and yeah i feel that and the whole working out thing is so true like i want to feel good inside and out so for me like hair removal and being like silky smooth is just like such a big part of it for me like i still want to feel like you know like i'm taking care of myself like i look good and i think I do value that as shallow as it sounds, but I don't think it's that shallow. I feel good about it. Like I like working out because it makes me feel good inside and out and like eating well and everything. I think the the hardest thing about wanting to shut out the whole world, and I feel like we can both talk a lot about this, is the people aspect of it because you still have, it's not just like the relationship you have with yourself, you still have other relationships to maintain like during that time period and I think for me at least it's finding that like very specific mixture slash selection of people that you can handle during those times when you are like engaging in like self-care or like feeling burnt out because not everybody is the person to bring along for that little interim ride going back to what you said about like taking care of your like physical form or whatever dude waxing is such or threading is such a like source of happiness i honestly cannot tell you how many times i dream of it like for example uh this past quarter my last quarter i didn't go home for like six weeks and like going to the salon finally like six weeks later um and just watching it come off i was like yes this is what I needed. This is it. This, and then, like, gliding this is your beautiful. Problems. And I've been trying to, like, cut down costs so I stop getting my legs waxed at the salon. But Mm-mm. the mental toll for that, too much. Too, too much. much. Not paying much. that price. So I'm just going to go back. I fork over that 35 bucks if I have to. And it's just, yeah. like, you glide through your life like a... I mean, my preferred moisturization method is coconut oil. So, like, coconut oil covered seal. So, the people thing... That's what I want to hear, like, you talk about. Because you lived in a full house, like, both your years, right? Like, you had, you always had, like, a lot of people around you. So, like, how did you do it? So, my third year... Uh, okay. My second year, which is... I just ta- I'm just talking about that because that's definitely the year I needed self-care. I was just completely isolated, you know? And I... Um, the few chances I got to hang out with my friends, I wanted it to be all these things that would like 
restore me. You know, I was like looking for them to provide me the type of experience that would hit my reset button, but they didn't because people's don't people's lives don't stop because you're having a bad day, kind of a thing, you know. So that realization was very hard to stomach. My third year was better because I was living with people, and just the act of like coming home to people who ask you how your day is, or just like very small, low bar things like that. Yeah. Really help, you know. This last year, I lived in this full house of girls, and honestly, a lot of times coming home to them and like watching The Bachelorette or something, or like yelling Jeopardy answers at the TV, that was exactly what I needed. And I didn't know that um, until it, you know, until we were in it. And I was like, damn, I feel so much better. Like, I feel so recharged. But sometimes when you're going through some deeper shit, you really are forced to figure out who's there for you in all your like ugly emotionalness and who's just there for like the light. Oh, I feel sad today shit. And yeah, yeah. I don't think the house was there for like my rated R depression. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm not saying it's their yeah. fault. I don't think people are obligated to like watch you literally sabotage your life. What I'm saying is like self care, burnout, all that kind of thing, like taking care of yourself is always on a scale you know sometimes all i needed was to watch jeopardy or watch the bachelorette or drink a whole bottle of wine and talk about dumb shit that didn't matter but sometimes i needed something deeper i needed someone to just like sit down and actually talk to me about it and they were very hands-off the moment it got like dark yeah i think you said it you know you have to find the people who who don't take it out of you like you you can't Mm -hmm. be around draining people and the only thing I would add to that is you also have to find people who can like handle the shit you're gonna throw at them and if they can't that's not really their fault like I don't think people are obligated to handle it whatever like I'm happy that you're you don't know what my depression looks like I guess but yeah right now that's what I need I think the opposite also happens where sometimes people get really upset or offended when they're not the ones that you look to or they're not the ones who can like make things better for you which is also kind of shitty it's like why are you suddenly like making this about you like i'm not expecting you to be the person yeah i hate that i hate when people like bring their own shit while you're dealing with something i'm like yeah, yeah. And, and obviously it's hard because like everyone's constantly going through shit like they want to feel needed like they want to feel like they're helping you but sometimes like no everyone wants to feel needed but the, I, I just think that I don't know good friends like know when to whip that shit out and know when like yes what I was gonna say is also people need to be realistic about their relationships with each other and yeah. I think that both is like a fault of mine where I like expect someone I'm like oh you're like my really good friend and then they like do something I'm like wait what um, and then the opposite also occurs where someone just assumes that they can do everything for me and when, they, when I don't respond to the things that they're trying to help me with no matter how, how well intentioned it is that is also like another a burden or just an L it's just an L okay like that's the best way I can describe it no, definitely. I think um, that has been one of my most zen, I don't know, moments, learnings, whatever. Just that like, you can never control how a person is going to react or respond to you, mm-hmm. no matter how well you know them, no matter how well you think you know them, whatever. You know, you can only give, like, yeah. whatever you want to give to a situation. And Hope for the it's best. weird 
talked about this in my interview today, LOL, but yeah, I think you, I think you were just taught to expect like, okay, if I give my all, if I put it out there, if I'm the best friend possible, then this will be reciprocated. And obviously it should be, but sometimes it isn't in the way you want it to be. And mm -hmm. that's not really a reflection on you. You know, you just have yeah. to be like, okay, this person is like, not me. This is a different person and they're living their own life. And yeah, that's fine. And then just find the right people who can respond as best as they can in the way that you need them to. No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And then at the end of all of this, like my biggest struggle is how we talked about this a little bit is how to do the whole like self-care thing without needing to like disconnect totally because time and tide wait for no one and um so maybe i just need little doses more often or like npr they have this whole article on how the millennials are like obsessed with self-care or something and it's true like i think that as a generation we more so are but only because like now we know what it is like we're allowed we are able to put a name to things so shout out to the internet shout out to social media as a place where like all those emo teens like came onto myspace or aim or whatever and like paving the way for like space bar poetry on tumblr that you like related to initially like these are things that i don't think i would have known otherwise and i think i would have been at a, like a lesser person for it and like struggling more without it We'll find our balance, you know, at like each exactly. stage of your life. I think you just have to define it for yourself because yeah. ultimately no one's like out there timing you, you know, like that feeling of, oh fuck, like the whole world is moving while I'm taking care of myself. That's coming from you. It's yeah. not like, yeah. Like recalibrate at every step of the way and just like listen to yourself and all the ugly parts of yourself. Cause I'm always fascinated how like uncomfortable I am with like the parts of myself that I like are not Instagram perfect or whatever you know that's like an extreme example but it's gotta gotta listen to it all self-care method for me is recording this podcast faux show aww 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 why aren't you saying it back I'm just kidding no, I'm just kidding don't worry well that wraps up uh double-edged sword of. A double whammy from Cubby Lit, Cubby Shit. Um, let us know if you guys have any insight on self care or burnout because, like we've said like 8,000 times, we fucking don't know yeah. what the there is. Yeah. Also, I feel like I've exposed my sad boy. Use capital I a lot tonight. So if any licensed Indian women psychiatrists who are like a little bit enlightened want to reach out and do some sort of like barter system, <laughs> like give you my mother's chat for two sessions or something like that. Are you going to say something like my mother's jewelry? I was like, Osha would not be pleased. Oh my God. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if that's a thing, just let me know. Other than that, yeah, I think we are pretty thorough. If you have any more ideas, want to hear our opinions about something, I don't know. I feel weird saying that, but like, yeah, if you, if there's something us. you guys want us, I mean, honestly, I always say like you all, like there's just like eight thousand of you sitting in your rooms listening to us, but whatever. How many ever of you are there? Even if there's none, um, if y'all have 
episode ideas, like something specifically you want to talk, you want us to talk about, let us know. Um, we definitely have a brown boy episode coming out soon. Well, one of like many, because I mean, they suck. So my yeah. handle, Marshani, where can they find you if they want to contact you? You can find me on Twitter at v a r s h i n i underscore i n i because. That's how my eighth grade principal, who I've worked with the whole year to institute, like, reforming our cafeteria and whatever, like, pronounced my name at graduation. Um, they can find me also on Twitter at tgurazada, which is T-G-U-R-A-Z-A-D-A. Thanks for tuning in. Hope it was educational. Bye. See you soon.